0: Welcome to Don't Trust the Mirror, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder, with psychoanalyst Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. Maureen shares her personal journey of her struggles with an eating disorder and how that changed her life. Listen as Maureen shares her pain, her stories, and her triumphs. Today as a psychoanalyst, her mission is to help as many women as possible overcome their challenges. Now. My Secret
1: Life with an Eating Disorder. Hi, I'm Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the Queen of Self-Esteem. Welcome to my podcast, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder. Today, I have a guest. I am really excited for our conversation today. I find her inspirational, really thoughtful, and extraordinarily positive, um, Christina Helms. Welcome, Christina.
2: Hi, Maureen. Thanks for having me.
1: Happy to be here. I am very excited to have you here. Also, I want to just tell my listeners a little bit about you. Uh, Christina is the co-owner of of Three Birds Yoga in South Orange and Florham Park, New Jersey. In addition to teaching yoga and meditation classes and co-facilitating teacher trainings, she's also a licensed social worker. And whether it's working with yoga students in the studio or clients in the therapy room, Christina uses an integrative approach that combines Western evidence-based therapies with the ancient wisdoms of mindfulness and self-compassion. I will also say on a personal note that I uh, recently met Christina um, at the yoga studio in the last few months, and I love her classes because I feel like I can go there and it's a Monday morning and maybe be like, oh, it's Monday. I don't really want to get up. I don't know, especially in the cold. I want to walk there. But I know once I get there, I'm gonna feel so much better. And you always have these pearls of wisdom that I take away and um and then leave feeling more energized. And I feel like my energy has shifted. So thank you for being there so and having such a, a very uh I guess heartfelt studio as well. It's very, um, very comfortable. Thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. Yes. Yes. So, so on that note, Christina, I was going to uh, say that sometimes yoga can be very intimidating. And I've been to yo- other yoga studios before and felt like, uh, I don't know if it's the right place. I can't do this. I don't know. What if I can't do a pose? I'm not even sure exactly what yoga is because there's so many different kinds. And um, and I will also just say what what the other thing is that I really like about your class, too, is you do a little bit of meditation and yoga. So it really combines the mind and body. Uh-huh. So I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about about yoga and how exactly what it is for people that aren't quite sure and to make it more um more realistic for people
2: yeah um well so thank you for all those kind words um yeah it is intimidating and it's confusing too right because there's a lot of different kinds of yoga out there um it's hard to know uh where to begin and as you and i were talking a little bit before um you know there's a lot of influencers out there on social media um that you'll see on the internet what that make yoga look really inaccessible and also totally focused on the physical aspect of it and the reality is is that the physical part of yoga the postures is just one part of yoga there's actually eight limbs right so yoga is a 2500 year old practice from india wow. um it's a yeah it's a full spiritual and you know we'll talk a little bit about that in a second but it's a you know, a full mind body practice, right? So the practice, the, um, word yoga means union. And so we often think of that union being the mind, the body and the soul. Um, and so, and yes, I do focus on meditation and I do try to bring in the other limbs of yoga into my class. So yes, there is the physical, the postures, the movement. We do a yoga called vinyasa, which is, um, like a flow style, um, very focused on the breath, right? This is a big part of, this is one of the limbs of yoga called pranayama. Meditation is really almost the ultimate goal of yoga. Um, All of the postures were really originally designed to prepare the body to sit in meditation.
1: I think I knew that, that that yeah the purpose of that.
2: Yeah. Um, So yeah, you'll see a lot of studios especially um, here in the West, do this vinyasa style. But you'll also see Iyengar. Iyengar is a much more like alignment focus, um, less flowy. You'll see Kundalini. This is a much more spiritual practice, a lot of chanting. Um, And then there are very gentle styles like yin, which is um, all just stretching, held for a long period of time, restorative yoga. Um, and then the other thing is, you'll also find a lot of heated studios, not heated studios. Uh, so I think when you're starting out, I recommend like checking out your local studios' web pages, making sure that they have like a gentle or a beginner class. You know, starting kind of small and just making sure that it's a vibe that
1: you can connect with. So, in 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 all of the things that you've mentioned. You and I have had conversations about um, people that have, that struggle a lot with body image, self-esteem, mm-hmm. eating disorders, and, um, and that's the population that I work with, uh, including anxiety and depression and other life transitions. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel like it can help or help people connect with their bodies and uh, bring on uh, just feelings of, of well being and to be embodied in their bodies as well through yoga. Yeah. So that's a really
2: good question. And um, well, first thing you'll notice in my studio and most yoga studios is that we don't have mirrors, right? Um, because the idea, yeah. Um, and that is very intentional. The idea is that you feel your body, right? It's about how you feel in your body, not what your body looks like. Um, and we facilitate that in embodied being one with the breath, right? Because when we're breathing, we're in our bodies. Um, and two, by by specifically using cues, right? That connect you, that get you to start to pay attention to your body and your body signals, right? It's, it's funny that they call it mindfulness. I mean, you've probably heard this before, but it's really about the body. We're trying to drop out of the mind and into the body. And so, with yoga it's it's not just the way the classes are sequences or the poses that we do but specifically like again focusing on the breath and and the way we talk about the body and the way we consistently um ask students to to check in and like honor their limitations their boundaries you know I and mean, it sometimes we challenge but it's always um like empowering it, co- it comes from you and how you feel, not what a teacher is telling you what to do.
1: Well, and one of the things I think you stress too is to be aware of our own limits and our own boundaries and to not judge. And uh, this morning, while I was thinking about what our conversation, I was also thinking there's so much externally that we focus on in the world and and we all do it. But really it's, it's how to focus internally on our well-being and so my website don't trust the mirror hence that's a good point that there are no mirrors there because I always feel like the mirrors project our feelings and shift and we get really focused on the mirror and I feel like we can trust a mirror when our insides really match our outsides and we're also focused on the insides and project that project that out
2: right I totally agree, and one of like the core teachings of yoga, to your point, is that you know everything in our external world and even our thoughts changes constantly and are impermanent. But that there's a part of us that we call like the true self, right? This is that's not impacted by what we see in the mirror, external events, or even thoughts. Like we start to learn how to separate from those things and sort of tap into. This, you know, sometimes we call it the soul, sometimes we call it the true self. For some people, it's a connection with the divine, but it's, you know, sort of that's the only thing that is unchanging. Um yeah. And and also in terms of just being in your body, I just wanted to say too, and is being a feeling of being grounded. Right. Like that's a lot of that's a big part of it, like feeling your feet on the ground. The more we can move away and down from the mind and the thoughts and into like the feeling of being in our body and feeling grounded. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think we hear those words a lot now. We hear the words mindfulness. We hear, hear the word grounded a lot. And I almost feel like people hear them, but they don't even really know what they are. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, I thought of this myself,
2: and we think, well, it's the connection to the earth, right? Something that supports us. But it's, I think of it even more to that connection to ourselves, right? And that unchanging part of ourselves. And I joke because I'm actually afraid of flying, <laughs> yeah. and so i was like, how do I feel grounded when I'm on an airplane? You don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm actually not on the grounds, but. um you know, working with my my own teachers, my own therapist, it's like, it's that part of you that is unshakable, you know, and it's clouded over its veiled by, you know, a variety of things for each of us. Um, And so how do we connect with that? I mean, sometimes we use the breath, sometimes we use certain, again, cues that guide us to... Um, feeling that connection to the earth, like this idea of like tree roots growing into the ground. So I sense it's a connection to nature to sensing where you are in space. Um, you know, there are a lot of tools to induce that feeling of grounding.
1: Um, but really it's something that's inside of us. Which can be very hard to connect with given our world and all of the outside stimulation and our phones and computers and, and everything else. That that goes on in the world and what we're so busy with all day long. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's harder and harder, especially in our constantly connected worlds.
1: Yes, yes. Can you talk a little bit more about breath work and just how? Again, so people hear breath work, they're like, "I don't understand, like this breathing thing, and how is that supposed to help us?" and I mean, I realize so often that I don't breathe uh, and, you know, except when I'm reminded often or I have to remind myself to breathe or I go outside and I just, I, you know, I love to take walks and just then I'm like thinking, okay, I can breathe now. Yes. Um, and it's a very important part
2: of, of yoga. It's the fourth limb. We call it pranayama. I think I mentioned that before. Um, most of the breath work, breath control that we do in yoga is slowing down the breath. Um, it's conscious, meaning we're paying attention to it. And often we're asking people to slow it down, um, especially the exhalation. So, um, the research, actually the scientific research shows that, um, slowing down the exhalation or connection to the exhalation is, what stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's the body's rest and digest reflexes. Um, and so when we're not breathing, right, which is a lot of the time, um, that our heart rate variability is is off, right? And it makes us feel anxious. Um, and so by consciously breathing, slowing down the breath. Especially focusing for anxiety, especially focusing on that long exhalation, you know, we start to connect with that other part of the nervous system that regulates the nervous system. Um, there are different types of breath control in yoga, some of which create clarity and alertness and energize. Um, but for anxiety, we especially recommend things that slow the breath down. You know, and like for example, where we're counting. And we count one more
1: beat on the exhalation. And how do you help people be patient with themselves with that? Because <laughs> I agree, I'm sure you hear all the time, like, I'm not doing this right. I'm just not mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. I mean, both with the physical and, I mean, with meditation especially, right? Like, which is the other big part. Everybody. Most people come in to a yoga or meditation class and, and, you know, they, they have an idea, especially with meditation that it's about stopping your mind, right. Or stopping your thoughts. And, and so part of it is just explaining, you know, what, what it is, right. And it's observing the mind, observing the thoughts and a big part with all of this, all the limbs of yoga is to incorporate acceptance and gentleness and self compassion, right. It's like, this is, a core part of the teaching. Tara Brach says for meditation, there's two wings of the bird. There is attention and there's gentleness. And the bird will not fly without gentleness, right? So this is a very big part. And again, you can tell people and tell people, and we we know this, right? The being in a therapy room. The beauty of yoga is that we learn how to embody it so that it's not just something that somebody's telling us to do. Just breathe. <laughs> okay. right? It's like you learn. Your body gets more and more used to it and it becomes
1: a, ha- a new habit. Well, it becomes not so intellectual. But yeah. Or you can incorporate it into our bodies, into our hearts, in a more emotional kind of way. Yes. Yes. So can you say those three things again? Acceptance.
2: Um, I think I said acceptance, gentleness, and self-compassion.
1: Yes. Yes, Yeah. 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 And how do you feel that as a yoga instructor and as a therapist, that can be helpful to people who are really struggling with body image eating disorders, food issues, their relationship with food and their bodies.
2: Yeah, I mean you're the expert um of course in that area, but I think I think the embodiment part of all of this is the key, right? I mean, from what I understand, you know, um people with eating disorders are very disconnected from their body, right? Disconnected from those internal signals of their body. And, and so, again, you could you could work with your therapist on all of these tools. And then let me just preface everything by saying that yoga is a tool, meditation is a tool, along with therapy and all of those things, right? But you're right. There's this intellectualization and and sometimes in talk therapy. And then with yoga, there's the embodiment of literally like being kind to your body and kind to yourself during the practice, you know, of honoring yourself, of treating yourself and others with compassion. I mean, I think that's the other beauty of being in a yoga room with other people, you know, and other people who often maybe, you know, who struggle, right? I mean, that's a big teaching of of yoga is this interconnection that really that we're all the singing, you know. Um and so, and then, and and I think most of us are very compassionate with others, right? And have all the compassion in the world for others, but we learn in, in the yoga practices that that you have to include yourself in that, you know, right?
1: Well, and yet, and that we're not alone in the world. then, mm-hmm. again, it's sort of the the um, the the macro picture and also the micro picture of it all, right?
2: Yes, exactly. Like that. That also that zooming out, which is what's so lovely about yoga too, is that again it is this much deeper practice than physical exercise, and there is also that constant reminder that you know we are, you know, made of stardust, right? And we're just let me zoom out. We're just we're just these teeny tiny. Ants <laughs> and <in laughs> then sparkly particle, sparkly particles, right? And then the grand scheme of things, and, um, you know, pretty small and, and not in a bad way, right? Like not, not in an insignificant way, but just, um, again, to your point about big picture and, and being able to zoom out.
1: I wanted to to ask you about uh, a challenge that I come up with in in my practice. And I hear people, just friends, other people talk about in terms of yoga, which is people always like cardio. <laughs> people are always driven towards cardio. Let me get my heart rate up. It doesn't count if it's not cardio related. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes yoga gets like put on the lower rung of exercise or a practice because it doesn't have the cardio benefits. But there's so many things that yoga can help you with. And it's not just all about the cardio and especially working with eating disorders. It's all about how do I burn those calories? How do I lose weight? Um, Thinking that that is gonna be the key to it all. Yeah. So two things I'll say about that. One is
2: if you wanna get your heart rate up, and if you want that cardio there are styles of yoga in which you can achieve that you know there are very vigorous styles of yoga um vinyasa can be very vigorous ashtanga is a very vigorous we use our our body weight you know um to raise the heart rate we hold challenging poses um yeah we don't we don't jump up and down that's true right um but it can be an excellent form of exercise. Um, but yeah, certainly, um, as we discussed before, for those with eating disorders, you do have to go into it and make sure you know what you're getting into. Are you looking for a class that's exercise? You know, are you looking for a class that's going to be restorative and calming? It's important to make sure that you know right what it is that you read the description maybe even call the studio and if you're working with a professional or a doctor who and you are you know avoiding some kind of rigorous exercise that's also i think important just to make sure you know what you're getting into before
1: you show up that's that is very good advice yeah are there any stories you could share about people that you've worked with that through yoga breath work meditation have really um it's made an impact on their life and had they've had some kind of transformative experience. And it doesn't have to be like a huge transformative experience, but just even like like seeing the world in a different way and feeling differently about themselves. Uh, I mean,
2: I've seen more than I can count, you know. Um, because like I said, many of us start a yoga journey because we're struggling with some kind of anxiety or depression or mental health issue I mean I can I know there's one woman who um, recently did our teacher training and who was very very anxious like had struggled with anxiety her whole life like speaking uh public speaking was terrifying for her and you know she lost jobs over it. But she loved yoga, loved it, and she wanted to teach it, but she's not like, how will I ever get up in front of a room full of people, you know? And I had a similar situation. I also hated public speaking, believe it or not. And I didn't know if I'd be able to do it. And I said, listen, I can tell you from personal experience that there's something about one, teaching what you love. There's something about this practice where you're sort of like co-regulating with people that you have to keep your own, you know, breath going. It's just coming from this different part of you. And I think you might be able to do it. So let's give it a try. And she did the training and she, she just, she just shines and That's she crazy. left. That's yeah. Crazy. She, she left and she taught and she was amazing. And yeah. so.
1: So it really helped her develop an inner confidence and helped her feel better about herself. And also she got to connect with a passion for That's herself great. and be able to bring it out into the world despite the obstacle that she was really uh working on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really amazing. I think it
2: was life changing for her. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well,
1: we're, um, We're coming close to the end and I was wondering if you could give some tips, things that my listeners can take away. I know when you start your class, every time you always, uh, you always share such little, not even little, but just like these pearls of wisdom. I'm going to start off, start you off with one that I remember from your class that I mentioned. And I've actually used it with my patients as well. Is, um, can you name five things that went well for you today, which isn't a way we normally frame things? Uh, and I, even if it's like, I got out of bed, I woke up, I got to yoga class, you know, what, whatever those things are, but you always have, even, even the other day, just the whole part about, um, about patience. Oh, uh, okay. So
2: yeah. And well. Thank you. That's one of my favorites, which I I stole from one of my teachers just to, you know, cultivate gratitude and combat this negativity bias of the brain, right? Which is look for the good. Um, So just something I have to practice along with everybody else. It's certainly not my go-to. I would also just say that, you know, the breath is, it's a gift and it's always with us, you know? Um, And so, and we, yes, we learn how to pay more attention to to it through yoga, but um, anytime you're feeling anxious or or stressed, you can always, you know, just turn your attention to the breath. And just by paying attention to it, it automatically deepens. Um, And then the last thing I would say is, you know, again, is that Everything changes and this too shall pass. And this is something that we learn to embody in yoga and meditation as we watch and pay attention to just this ever-changing nature of the universe, you know, and there's always an opportunity to begin again, even just with the next breath, you know, most you know, think what's like a really
1: helpful tool like the seasons right in nature right 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 yeah exactly a lot too just that things are always always shifting Mm -hmm. yeah and and the three that you mentioned earlier the acceptance the self-compassion and the gentleness
2: (laughs) 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 right yes yeah. yes exactly i and and yes that's true we had sour yoga and meditation all these things but really i mean it wouldn't hurt to bring that into all aspects
1: of our life right really man well can you just share a little bit about your studio and the different kinds of things you and how people can find you sure so um our studio
2: is three birds where we have two south orange new jersey um, and Flora Park, our website is www.threebirdsyogastudio.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we teach, I also um, teach yoga meditation there. Um, we have teacher trainings, we have all styles of yoga and workshops. Um, yeah, so, so check us out. And you also have a community meditation once a month, also that's free. That's right. Once a month, um, I offer free meditation. Um, it changes every month. So uh, check the schedule. Great. And just
1: a quick question. How did you up the name Three Birds? Oh, man. So this is uh,
2: this is my partner. She came up with the idea. Um, she's a big reggae fan. So, you know, there's this famous Bob Marley song, Three Little Birds. You know that. Yes. And so she wanted to do that. There's a chat. There's a children's yoga school called Three Little Birds. So she's like, what about three birds? Um, And we both love birds. And there's a lot of spiritual meaning, especially in yoga. There's a lot of bird poses. And so um, it just seemed like the right fit for us.
1: And we love it. It's a great name. Thank you. you. It's a really great name. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Christina, for joining me and, um, offering your, your thoughts and your experiences as a yoga teacher and as a therapist and, um, and just how all that mind, body and spirit, um, can be integrated to, uh, to really offer people hope and, um, an inspiration as they go forward. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Marie. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder. And remember, trust yourself. Don't trust the mirror.
0: Thank you for listening to Don't Trust the Mirror, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder with psychoanalyst Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. We hope you enjoyed it please visit DontTrustTheMirror.com where you'll find all our social networking links and can post your stories, comments, and questions. Until next time, remember, trust yourself. Don't trust the mirror.